When it comes to weight loss, no two people are the same. That's why Noom builds personalized plans based on your unique psychology and biology. Take Brittany. After years of unsustainable diets, Noom helped her lose 20 pounds and keep it off. I was definitely in a yo-yo cycle for years of just losing weight, gaining weight, and it was exhausting. And Stephanie. She's a former D1 athlete who knew she couldn't out-train her diet, and she lost 38 pounds. My relationship to food before Noom was never consistent. And Evan, he can't stand salads, but he still lost 50 pounds with Noom. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. Even through the pickiness, Noom taught me that building better habits builds a healthier lifestyle. I'm not doing this to get to a number. I'm doing this to feel better. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom users compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to episode 360 of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast, presented by Overdrive. This is Jill. Hi, Adam. How's it going? Good. How are you? I'm good. Good. That's the end of July. I feel like that's crazy, first off. It's Harry Potter's birthday. It is Harry Potter's birthday as we're recording. You're right. I'm wearing my Slytherin. Oh. You know who else it is his birthday? JK. JK Rowling. And also, (laughs) only slightly less famous, our good friend and frequent contributor, Christina's Son Sawyer is turning one today. That is true. That is true. Dude was born on Harry Potter's birthday, and he is just going to be doomed to a life of being forced to love all of those. Yeah, so he is. He better, or else she'll be heartbroken. Went to his birthday party last week. His name is Sawyer. They had a dinosaur uh, birthday theme, which was great. A lot of fun. Um, what are we doing today? So, um, as some of you hopefully remember, at the beginning of the year, end of last year, I don't remember when we set this up, probably end of last year. We have a reading challenge. We do. Where we have 12 uh, things, types of books you should read that we encourage you to read. Mm-hmm. And um, if you fill it out and read all these fun books, types of books, you can send it to us and be entered to, into a device giveaway. But um, because we are more than halfway through the year, <laughs> mm-hmm. we decided <laughs> to um, go through our own lists and see where we are with everything. Yeah, so this will be, even if you're not doing our book challenge, this is still going to be some good book recommendations for you. Uh, if you haven't started the book challenge yet, there's only 12 of them, so and a lot of these are pretty quick stuff here that you can get through, so there's still time. Um, you can find the actual list of challenges either at our website, professionalbooknerds.com, or I'm pretty sure it's still our pinned tweet on Twitter, which is at ProBookNerds. I'm pretty sure. I believe that is correct. So you can just download that, fill it in. Uh, we've had, actually, a bunch of people that have sent them in to us already. Um, so just fill everything out. Then you can email us at professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. And, uh, yeah. And like Jill said, we'll pick some winners at the uh, the end of uh, the year, and we'll give some devices away. Um, before we did it, though, we had just some really cool feedback that I want to share. We got one iTunes review that I really liked, and then got a really nice email that I just wanted to read because it made my day yesterday. So first, the iTunes review. Um, as a fellow book-oriented podcaster, I feel like the book podcast group is just a bunch of people all listening to each other's podcasts all day long. Probably. Um, it should seem obvious that I would really dig PBN. The hosts do a great job talking about various books, interviewing authors, and more. I've been introduced to quite a few things I didn't know about before and that I really should have been causing, uh, 
I should, really should have because they sound amazing. Book lovers will get a lot out of this one. That is, unless your TBR pile is already too large, in which case, listen anyway. Uh, so that was very sweet. And then um, a really nice email that we got from uh, a person who I will not put their name out there. Just, uh, you know, makes sense in a little bit. But one of the things I love about our podcast is I feel like our episodes are pretty evergreen. And so people, we, get, we have lots of listeners who, like, go back and just listen to old, way older episodes. Um you know, as we go. In fact, this particular person said, I've listened to you guys from your very first episode. Yes, even through the bad audio. That's a true fan. As a true fan. Uh, I'm a little behind at the moment, and I finally episode- listened to episode 335. I want to touch base and say hi and a massive thank you and well done to Adam for sharing his depression story. Almost two, year, uh, almost two years I burn out at work and have three months off, and all I did for those two months was read and tend to my lawn. I really left the house and usually only visit and only to visit my doctor. Uh, books were, as Adam said, my escape and the best way I had to get through time those, uh, during those days. Although I'm not comfortable sharing my story in public just yet, I'm back at work and working full time, but restricted duties as I'm a police officer. Uh, I just wanted to say congratulations and thank you for sharing that story. Uh, please keep up, please keep up the great work. I especially love listening to the Nerd Nine, and every time someone says that somewhere they want to visit is Australia, which is home for me, <laughs> I think I've got a spare room. Maybe a professional book nerd will use it one day. <laughs> it's very sweet. I've had so many great recommendations from you guys over the years, and I appreciate your great work. And then, just because I don't know that you saw this, Jill, uh, she says, "Jill, this isn't all about Adam. I wanted to attach a picture of our cat Sylvester, who says hi to you." So nice. So there's <gasps> Sylvester. Look at Sylvester. He's yeah. like a long-haired tuxedo. He is a long-haired tuxedo. So adorable cat. Um, so thank you to the person who wrote that in. It really meant a lot. Um, I didn't realize the amount of responses people were going to get when I talked about being depressed and using books because I literally just talked about that one day when you weren't in the office and I didn't know what I was talk about. So really appreciate people reaching out. So thank you very much. Um, really, really appreciate it. And speaking of all the book recommendations we've been able to give you over the years, we're going to do that now. We are. So, um, do you just kind of want to go back and forth with what the challenges are and what we've read? Sure. Okay. I'll let you start. Oh, great. Okay. Um, (laughs) so I've done about half of them. Five. So a little less than half of them so far. I still have time to make it up. Um, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to start with the book written by two or more authors, technically... Mm -hmm sort of cheated not cheated but it, whatever we made, we made this up for ourselves so mine's actually an anthology so there are two or more authors That's i just super didn't counts. okay i don't know like i feel like when we wrote this like we counts. had a very specific idea in mind yeah. um uh so book written by two or more authors it was um what my mother and i don't talk about um and it is, as I said, it's an anthology um, edited by Michelle Philgate. And it is all about stories from men and women um, discussing their relationships with their mothers. And uh, not to, like, go too much into my personal life, but it came at a very fitting time. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so it was really good. Um, I think, you know, relationships with moms can be complicated. and yeah. Yeah, so that was mine. What was the name of that one again? What my mother and I don't talk about. Sounds really, really good. I'm in. I'm into that. Um, the one that I have that's for two authors or more is literally Monday's episode. So I'm just gonna wait, and you guys you can go. hear about that on Monday. Um, so I will start with the first one on the list, which is book set on a continent other than your own. I went with The Invasion by Potter Ogine. 
Uh, it's set in Ireland, and I talked about it a lot at the beginning of the year. Uh, the first book in this series is called The Call, and it's just this... <laughs> it's it's YA. It's young adult, <laughs> but boy, boy, is it like really, really close to being quite mature. Um, so Potter created this list of... Or not this list, this world where fairies are quite evil, and there is a fairyland uh, basically underneath Ireland, and every single child before they turn 18 at one point will be called quote-unquote to this land where they have to survive for 24 hours and fairies are just evil and violent and vicious and if you survive you get sent right back to where you were and only three minutes has passed so basically there's this whole school that teaches these kids how to defend themselves and try to survive uh but so few people actually do survive and it's the invasion is the second book of the series where things get even more serious and it's just it's vicious in the sense that, like, anytime you start to enjoy a character, you're like, oh, man, that character's probably going to die. And more nice. often than not, you're right. So it's really, really good. Though. So that's The Invasion, which is the second book from the Call series by Potter Ogeen, and it's set in Ireland. Uh, my next one is Listen to an Audiobook. So I did Believe Me by J.P. Delaney. Um, it's actually the only audiobook I've listened to this year. I don't know how that happened. That's not true. You've listened oh. to Daisy Jones and the I Six. I did, but... But we've talked about it a hundred oh, times. Oh, you know what it is? I did not list it. I only listed reading the book on my list. You're right. I did listen to the audiobook. Okay. Book. All right. We'll talk about... The, well, we've talked about Daisy Jones. I know. Time, like, can so. I change my answer? I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I already said Believe Me by J.P. Delaney. Um, so anyone is who is familiar with J.P. Delaney, he does those sort of fun, um, uh, you know, thrillers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All sorts of uh, domestic stuff. I don't want to, you know. Like, it's hard to talk about thrillers. It's hard to talk without, about thrillers yeah. without um, talking too much about it. But in this one, um, Claire is a drama student um, without a green card. And so she takes a job working as basically a uh, uh, bait, kind of is the word for it, for um, uh, divorce lawyers who are trying to trap men. <laughs> Like cheating men. <laughs> um, and then one of her targets gets caught up in a murder investigation because his wife uh, mysteriously died under very not great circumstances. And um, it's, so it's this whole question of, you know, is he telling the truth? Um, and I really enjoyed it. It was, I mean, I like the book. His books are always pretty easy and quick um, to read. But if you're into that sort of domestic thriller thing, I, I highly recommend Believe Me. And I liked the audiobook. Nice. Um, I'm gonna do this one as well. I conversely, I listen to so many audiobooks. Um, and the one that I read recently that I really enjoyed is kind of thinking about Daisy Jones is We Sold Our Souls by Grady Hendrix, which is a book that Jill and I were both talking about because uh, it has a super cool new cover for the paperback, which we figured out. We were wondering why we it did. was being promoted on a website a year after it came out because the paperback came out and the paperback looks like a Rolling Stone cover. Yeah, it does. Um, but if you are a fan of Daisy Jones and the Six, but you're like, you know, what would what would be what would happen if Daisy Jones and the Six was actually a horror novel and the world was ending and the only thing that could save it um, was a super fantastical rock and roll album? Uh, that that's basically what We Sold Our Souls is. It's a um, like an on the road type of a book where a character is used to be in a band and she wrote this incredibly heavy metal like um you know how a lot of times heavy metal 
albums have like w- weird um, mythology, like mythologies to them. Like there's all sorts of like oh, Guar yeah. is a famous band who like they wear these absurd outfits, but like all of their albums are almost like fantasy books that are like written about these like crazy guy who's trying to defeat these monsters that are within a a mountain kind of a thing. She wrote an album like this, and it turns out that everything she wrote in this album is actually real and is happening, and she has to figure out how to save the world um, while being hunted down by people who are out to get her. It's wild. It's so wild, but it's so good, and it's really, really fun. Um, I love Grady Hendrix's books. Grady, exactly. It's Grady Hendrix, so I knew it was going to be great. Um, yeah, we sold our souls. It's really fun. Okay, next up on my list is retelling of a classic book, fairy tale or play. So... Um, I did talk about this on the podcast um, a couple months ago because it, it just recently came out, I think, last month. Um, it was The Turn of the Key by Ruth Ware. Actually, I just talked about it this, last week because <laughs> it's, out, it's out in August. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Somebody um, – so Jill posted – last week you posted the reading challenge on our Instagram. She's going to talk through your laughter here. Um Somebody actually commented, was like, I'm so jealous over whoever it was that got to read that book already. And I didn't have the heart to be like, it was Jill. It was Jill that got to read it. Right. I read the, okay, so, yes, people who follow us either individually or the podcast on social know that we get a lot of advanced copies. And um, I'm a huge Ruth Ware fan. I read all of her books. Um, And, yeah, apparently the Jeremy Key comes out this month. I forget. This is what happens is we get these books so far in advance. (laughs) That's okay. So, um, yeah, The Turn of the Key is a retelling of um, The Turn of the Screw, which is definitely a classic book. And um, it is takes place in England in this smart house. And it's about a woman who is hired as a nanny for um, two kids, three kids. And um, all these, like, weird things are happening that are technology-based. Like, lights go on when they're not supposed to be. They just, like, magically turn on or they turn off and all this my favorite part though as i discussed in our august books episode there's a poison garden <laughs> you did love talking about the poison garden there's a poison garden so it is a walled off garden um full of poisonous plants which um obviously plays a role uh so that was yeah the turn of the key by <laughs> ruth Ware. it's out this month and i highly recommend it uh my retelling of a classic book fairy tale or a play is once in future by amy rose capetta and Corey mccarthy it is a lgbtq plus retelling of king arthur and the story of merlin and um and the whole thing with the sword and stone and knights of the round table and and all sorts of great stuff uh it's the first book of a upcoming of a a series that they are working on it's so much fun um i think i talked about it a while back but like merlin gets reborn a whole bunch of times and he has these cycles where he gets reborn and he doesn't know what time period he's in and the current one that he gets reborn into uh, he has to then go find his Arthur for that particular period and then try to stop all the horrible things from happening that happen. Uh, this most recent one that he gets reborn into is a time in the future where basically like it's just this awesome world where uh, it doesn't matter what your uh, sexuality is or your gender or anything like that. Uh, gender is fluid and it's just like, Everyone gets irritated at Merlin for, and he's not like close-minded. He's just like, "Oh wait, you like boys and girls?" And he's like, "Yeah, what's with this? Like, what's what's your problem?" And like Merlin just kind of flows. He's like, "Oh, well, this is cool. I'm glad this finally happened in the world." Um, so it's just really awesome. It's uh, it's nice to see like an LGBTQ plus book where it's 
a part of the story, but it's not like a defining characteristic. In fact, it's quite the opposite where it's like, it's so much not a defining characteristic that they are in turn like insulting the person who's like, oh, well, this is different. And they're like, no, it's not. (laughs) You're the weird one. So that's Once in Future. It's really good. So my children's book I've never read uh, was Gathering Blue by Lois Lowry. So just a couple, um, this must have been, yeah, like last month. Oh, about a month ago because I look at my list. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Someone I follow on social media was asking about the book The Giver. And um, it was basically a poll of when you got to the end of The Giver, whether you thought Jonas died or lived. Um, And the responses were interesting, but... uh, there are actually sequels to The Giver. Spoiler alert for those who did not know that. There are three of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had never actually read any of the sequels. Um, so I basically could have listed any of these. Um, and I know that they're sort of, I mean, they're kind of like in that between space of YA and children's books. But whatever. It's yeah. Like so I'm putting it down. Um, and so I reread The Giver, which I read a million times. And then I did read all of the sequels. And they're actually really good. And they don't all follow the same story. They're basically very similar to The Giver in that they are um, all located in a um, isolated community, which has its own kind of quirks mm. is probably the best way to describe it. Um, and I really I really enjoyed them. I'm glad I read them. And Gathering Blue is the direct sequel and has nothing to do with The Giver at all. Um, it just sort of plays into books three and four, which are a little more tied to it. But... Um, yeah, it, again, like, a uh, this community where, um, if there's really anything wrong with you, you're kind of cast out. Um, and our character, the main character has a limp, um, which she's really good with, um, embroidery that she learned from her mom and then her mom dies and her mom's not there to kind of keep the community from throwing her out. Um, but she ends up getting her way into, uh, her her like embroidery skills are um her ticket to being saved and she's put up in like the main castle type thing um to work on a cloak um and all is not as it seems so <laughs> uh, i'm going to go back one and do uh, a classic book you've been meaning to read but haven't meaning to read but haven't um at the beginning if you've been listening all year you'll know I finally read War and Peace to start off the year. Uh, I love Russian literature. I do enjoy enjoy Tolstoy, but I had never gotten to War and Peace. And we were talking about audios before. I listened to all 61 hours of War and Peace. Um, it Someone described it afterwards to me, uh, an author that I was told that I finally got to it. Uh, it's a great 700-page novel in a 1,400-page book. And it is. There's a lot of description in there that can be quite exhausting, but um, it kind of chronicles the French invasion of Russia and the Napoleonic era and Tsarist society. And there's five different Russian kind of like aristocratic families that you follow. And it is exhausting, but I was glad that I read it. And I will never read it again. You look interested in something. Didn't that musical come out of War and Peace? Wasn't that Natasha and... Possibly. I don't know. I've... I had a friend who worked on it. This is going to be embarrassing. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> War Horse? No, no. Natasha and the Great Comet one. The Great Comet Mystery. Um, oh. Musical. I think you're right. Um, 
I do believe that you are right. <laughs> Natasha Pierre in the Great Comet of 1812. Yep. Yes, it is from War and Peace. You're okay. absolutely right. Yeah. Um, Sorry, Ro. She worked that, on that. I apologize. <laughs> I couldn't remember your and I want to, Yeah, so it's based on... That is based on book eight, ah. War and Peace. Um, I received 12 Tony nominations. It did. Wow. It did. So, yeah, I, I read War and Peace. It was a lot. I'm glad I did it. I will never do it again. Um, so my last one that I've read so far, there's still time, is a book by an author of a different race, ethnicity, or religion than your own. I actually had a couple to pick from, and as I realized, the one that I wrote down, They All Fall Down, um, by Rachel Housel Hall, actually also would have worked for the retelling of a classic book, because it is a modern take on Agatha Christie's, and then there were none, um, except, and I, I interviewed Rachel at Midwinter about this book, and it's, if you like Agatha Christie books... Um, and you like, and then there were none as I do. It's, it's a pretty good retelling. She, um, same concept. There's these people who are put on an island, and then they all start dying. Uh, <laughs> which about sums up, and then there were none. But Rachel's twist is that, um, is sort of a play on the seven deadly sins. And um, all of the people there um, uh, allegedly have committed some kind of something that maybe makes them... Um, uh, having done one of the seven deadly sins. And so, but you have this, our narrator, who she's like, well, if they all did it, does that mean I did too? And you're sort of trying to figure out where she fits into everything and if she is guilty um, like everybody else is. And I, I really enjoyed it. So that is They All Fall Down by Rachel Housel Hall. Nice. Um, I'll go through a few more of these because I've, I, Joan, I was talking before we started recording, I have quote unquote finished the reading challenge, but it's just because a lot of the books I've read this year fall into a category. Um, so I will say the book by an author of a different race, ethnicity, or religion. I did We Cast a Shadow by Maurice Carlos Ruffin. Um, it's an amazing look on how society views African Americans, and it's set into a kind of dystopian future where. Not only um, is it more challenging to be African-American in America, but a lot of African-Americans are trying to actually kind of like dye their skin to make themselves lighter and lighter. Um, and it, it's it's this struggle between this father who's trying to get his son to have a lighter skin pigment and the son basically being like, why do you want me to be this way? Why can't I just be who I am? And it's very, very good. Um, a little depressing, but very powerful. Um movie or television adaptation that comes out in 2019. I reread all of his Dark Materials. That's a good one. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and actually, speaking of, I know I, I did the audiobooks of the first three. And then I did, um, for the Book of Dust, I read uh, I read that one. But that's coming to HBO and BBC in the nearest future. Also, uh, the one that I did for a book that has appeared on ALA's Frequently Challenged book list, I reread Scary Stories by Alvin Schwartz um, because, A, first off, that would fit into the movie or TV adaptation because that's coming out also true. this month. And, um, which I think we talked about earlier in this year, but for the first time, uh, I think in like March, Scary Stories and all, all three Scary Stories books became available as ebooks. So they did. people can go borrow them from their libraries on Libby, which is cool. Um, so a lot of these were very short for me, which is why I was able to get through them. Book published, The Year You Were Born. I haven't done this yet, but I'm going to read all the Watchmen books. And hey, guess what? That also would have worked for a book or movie, uh, a book whose movie or television adaptation comes out in 2019. Because that's going to be an HBO show this year. 
Um, but per the rules of our reading challenge, can't double up. Exactly. I, I'm just saying those. If, if you were to, I know you know that. <laughs> I, uh, I'm just throwing out recommendations for people. Um, if you were born in 1986, that Watchmen, the the book published in the year you were born, doesn't really make too much sense for us to give recommendations because the recommendations will be from the years you and I were born only. Accurate, accurate. Although um, scary stories was published the year I was born. That's awesome. You should just do that. Actually, too. probably explains a lot. Um, and then I will say audiobook of a memoir. <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> um, it's like how you can do the the Chinese, like what year you were born in, like Tiger, Bull, and like those are astonishingly accurate too. Um, okay, audiobook of a memoir or autobiography. I listened to Just the Funny Parts by Nell Scoville. She is a longtime writer in Hollywood on TV and movies. Um, and basically she write, just discusses her point of view as a female writer when there were not very many of those um and there still really aren't in hollywood but yeah very very funny um good stuff so uh there's a whole bunch of other stuff on our reading challenge but like i said you can go and find that on our website our social media um are there other things that we should be talking about i don't think so i feel like we're missing something but I can't think of what it is. I don't think we are. Okay. I don't think we are. Cool. Um, I'm just checking to see if... Nope. Still on the website. Um, oh, no, I don't... Really? Okay. don't think so. We're Guys, we nice, have... Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. We have, a, we have a big live interview coming up for our local Cleveland fans, and we're just waiting until it's announced officially yeah. on their end. Um, oh, speaking of that, let me just quickly check... Is the other one sold out yet? Oh, Did I don't see? know. I didn't check. Um, so for people who are in the Cleveland area, just as a reminder, if you would like to see us chat with Harlan Coben. Nope. Not. Jesus, that's who we did most recently, I think. <laughs> Elvis Duran on October 7th. It looks like, it looks like there's still there time. are still some tickets left. So if you go to beyond the, beyondbookjackets.com slash Duran, you can get tickets for the event uh, here in Northeast Ohio, it's at the Parma Snow Branch of the Cuyahoga County Public Library. With the ticket, you will get um, a copy of his book. So uh, it's it's basically the price of the book is what you're paying for, which is nice. Um, okay. Oh, Fiona's in town tonight. I forgot about that. Fiona? Yeah. Your buddy Fiona? Fiona. Good old Fiona Davis. You do, man. You two are like buds. Well, if you guys... Hear this in the past since it's not gonna come out till Thursday. Uh, okay, in with in like a lion out with a lamb. I suppose what's yeah. happening in this podcast. Yeah. Okay, well, if you guys want to get a hold of us again, email us professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. Um, we'll find us on Twitter and Instagram. Okay, uh, that's about it. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode from Overdrive.com, and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Adam Sokol and Jill Grunewald and presented by Rakuten Overdrive. For more information, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hey there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. 
We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon.